Hello friends, this is La Sirena Magdalena welcoming you to another episode of Jazz Ready. You got to be ready for the BNF so you can be here tomorrow. And I want to welcome new listeners and members of our Jazz Ready global community. Welcome our friends from China and Iran. Thank you so much for joining us. And I thank our listeners always because you keep sharing the links to share the love and you're the reason we keep going on and on. And today's featured artist is a name which may ring familiar to you, Brian Sonia Wallace. His books may already be on your shelves, and if they aren't, I hope they will be soon. In particular, the wildly popular, The Poetry of Strangers, What I Learned Traveling America with a Typewriter. Again, The Poetry of Strangers, What I Learned Traveling America with a Typewriter. A title worth repeating because I want you to remember and buy copies for people that you love. Talk about getting uplifted through these dark times. Juan Felipe Herrera, Poet Laureate Emeritus of the United States, has this to say about Brian's book, Full of Heart of quest and compassion. The poetry of strangers is a book like no other, a text we have been dreaming of, the act of empowering invisibilized peoples, literature, and human beings in danger. Lo saludo, Señor Juan Felipe Herrera. And I just love this book. And I'd like to tell you how Brian and I had the opportunity to meet we were both recipients, very grateful recipients, of P Poet Laureate Fellowships, which were given to 23 Poets Laureate across the United States by the Academy of American Poets with the generous and gracious funding of the Andrew W. Mellon Foundation. And I thank them and bless them because I've been meeting such wonderful people and Brian Sonia Wallace is one of them. And I'll be right back to tell you a little bit about Brian before you listen to him read from his original work. What a gift and what a joy. I'll be right back. Hold on now. Our featured artist, Brian Sonia Wallace, is the fourth poet laureate of the city of West Hollywood, the latest in a string of unlikely poetic residencies ranging from Amtrak to Dollar Shave Club to the Mall of America. Brian has written poems for thousands of strangers based on their stories since 2012 which he chronicles in his 2020 book from HarperCollins, which I mentioned previously, The Poetry of Strangers. The New York Times says that this book should give comfort to any parent whose kid utters those blood will run cold words. Mom, Dad, I want to be a poet. <laughs> Sonia Wallace proves that not only can you make a living at it, you might even change people's lives. End quote. Brian's work is grounded in theater of the oppressed and community liberation practices. He is a 2021 Poet Laureate Fellow for the Academy of American Poets for his LGBTQ plus organizing, leading a writer's workshop for AIDS Project Los Angeles and curating 
Pride Poets, a West Hollywood initiative connecting over 100 LGBTQ plus poets to write poems for over a thousand members of the public at Pride festivals. Pride Poets is a project of Brian's custom poetry business, Rent Poet, which was featured on NPR's How I Built This and counts Google and YouTube among its clients, alongside unions, academic conferences, music festivals, swap meets, and a speakeasy. Its motto is, everyone needs a poem. Brian's work has been published in Rolling Stone, The Guardian, Lit Hub, Poets.org, and more. As an educator, he teaches at UCLA Writers Extension and with Get Lit, Words Ignite, which brings poetry to youth across Los Angeles County. Brian holds a master's degree in sustainable development from the University of St. Andrews in Scotland. He's learning how to wrestle, and his favorite animal is the three-toed sloth. Oh, Brian, I love them too. For more about Brian, please visit BrianSoniaWallace.com, and he spells Brian B-R-I-A-N. That's Brian Sonia Wallace. Sonia is S-O-N-I-A. BrianSoniaWallace.com, and also on Instagram at RentPoet. The world is on fire. And I have something to sell. I'd like to sell you the world. It's on fire. It is. But you should buy it, not because it's safe, but because the economy... That's the end of that sentence. Because the economy... Have you been economical with your words? With your worries? Have your worries been eco-centric or egocentric? I would like to sell you an ego. No, a biome. Take a look around. Lots to see. Let me know if you have any questions. Let me know if your questions have teeth. Let me know if your teeth are chattering, or if you do not have teeth, if you'd like some. Don't you always ache for everything you're missing? How about I sell you what's wrong with you? Promise to make it so pretty, you'd almost believe it's right. I dare you to steal it. Go ahead. I'll even turn away. Just Venmo me after, won't you? Girls gotta eat. Actually, I'd like your teeth. What would you like in exchange? I only have the world. I don't carry exact change. I carry in exact change. I carry messes going back generations. Gentlemen callers with questions. They check the teeth to make sure the horse is healthy. You can tell a lot about a horse from its teeth, how old it is if it's broken at the bit. Some horses have wolf teeth. Some are wind suckers or crib biters. Check, does the horse have ash in its mouth? Can it afford next month's rent? The horse is sitting on a stack of photos. It hasn't made the bed 
that broke its back. The, horse, the horse's mouth is a bed for breaking. Hearts, records, bread. Hooves are no good with dirty dishes, grimed through the open window by the whole world, burning outside. Didn't you close the window last night? Uh, no matter. Throw it open now. Lasso the morning. Breathe the smoke. Wash your flank clean. I want to sell you a world on fire. Call this love. Love, the ash you carry in your mouth. A bed for everything that's broken. That poem is called Final Pitch, and I wrote it in June of 2020 um, when I had a book coming out in the middle of a global pandemic and racial reckoning around George Floyd's murder. And here I was trying to sell a memoir. This next poem is called Out. And uh, in my role as Poet Laureate of West Hollywood, um, I've been working on writing a lot about the community here, which is a, a largely gay male community, um, but trying to do it like maybe Mary Oliver would, describing the bears and the otters and the beautiful things of the natural world. So this is out. The boys glide gentle across Robertson, like Mary Oliver's wild geese in booty shorts, following some ancestral flight path of faggots, magnetic poles for holes, and I was setting out to write a nature poem. They are swish-wristed wrestlers, pleading heathens set loose, always forming arts cooperatives, always pumping iron, always forgetting their history and remembering their history. History has a big spike. It'll enter you if you let it. History brokers no consent. It'll pimp you out put you on your knees and test your gag reflex. But this started as a poem about boys, their swish flick, their good gravel, their bones, their bones, their bones, skeleton. You have so much meat. Soft animal, come in. Here is everything you ran from for so long. Come in. You must be lonely from all that running. This next poem's a short one. It's just a thought. It goes like this. When a poet says, I'm going to need you to step into my office, what they mean is, I'm going to need you to step outside. In June of 2020, I ran a, uh, in June of 2021, I should say, what year is it? I ran a, a poetry hotline 
um, in conjunction with the city of West Hollywood and my group Pride Poets. And we bring together uh, LGBTQ poets from uh, around the country now to write poems for their community and engage in this process of listening to people's stories and honoring them with a poem. And I like to think about the idea that each of us has an epic inside of us that's waiting to get out. This is a poem that I wrote for someone who called into that hotline um, from San Antonio, Texas, and talked about putting her front body on the line for generations of younger LGBT folks. And it's called San Antonio, somewhere on Twitter. All the Selena drag queens are good, even when they're bad. My friends are queer. Our artists are enveloping. They stamp me and send me postmarked everywhere, from a state where our governor is actively trying to destroy us. Block by block, is it safe? For this body, for these bodies, the opposite of a gun, the butch lesbian on the corner, hide or band together, swear on every frightened, sweaty teenager an oath to protect, on every gender-fucking low-rent queer strung out on selfhood an oath to protect, on every Selena drag queen, every belt buckle and soft neck, every RuPaul meme, every mental breakdown, every day, every time I wake up in this body and put on the whole world. And I'll close with a piece called Unhistory after Karen Finley's Artist Anonymous. Karen Finley was one of the artists who was censored um, in the era of artists that got all government funding shut down um, for the arts. And they were artists who did things like Piss Christ and Karen Finley, who did a lot of uh, sexual performance art pieces. And she has a manifesto that starts with, we are powerless over art. And so I've just started in the same place, and this is my contribution. One, we are powerless over art. Two, power is an attribute of relationships. Three, we have no relationship with art. Four, Art has a relationship with us. Five, art changes nothing. Six, war never changes. Seven, Sun Tzu wrote The Art of War. Eight, as artists, most of our wars are for funding. Nine, before the sacking of Troy, Odysseus promised riches. Like Helen, sure, beauty, whatevs, but don't you want to be rich and famous? Don't you want to be rich and famous, Achilles? Ten, Achilles knew he was going to die, going in. He was offered a choice. Live a long life and be forgotten on a faraway island, or go to war and live forever in songs after his body died. We're still talking about him, so we know which one he picked. 11. Art is a sort of body. 12. A body is always at war. 13. In war. 14. Under war. 15. In underwear. 16. A body is a manifestation of power. The Greeks equated strength and beauty and godhead. 
Seventeen, for centuries, the sons of the wealthy in Europe read Plato and Homer and dreamed about tall ships and slaves and built tall ships and took slaves and land and called this Godhead. Eighteen, even the word Godhead implies a body, Godbody, but that isn't a word. Nineteen, Sir Ken Robinson tells a story about schools and creativity. A six-year-old is drawing. His teacher asks, what are you drawing? He says, I'm drawing a picture of God. She says, but nobody knows what God looks like. He says, they will in a minute. 20. I wonder at the gender roles in this story. 21. In famous misquotes, Churchill supposedly said, when asked to cut arts funding to support the war effort, he supposedly said, then what are we fighting for? 22. Art is mostly quotes. 23. Quotes are mostly misquotes. 24. This makes them art. 25. Churchill, I believe, has been cancelled for being a shithead. 26. We are always writing new songs. 27. We are powerless to stop. 28. We are powerless to go on. Thank you so much. We thank you, Brian Sonia Wallace, for joining us and sharing your passion for life your passion for humanity and the chutzpah of your writing and your voice. I love it. And you are welcome back anytime. Thank you for joining our Global Jazz Ready community. And remember, listeners, you can learn more about Brian at briansoniawallace.com and also at Rent Poet. I thank you all for continuing to share the links, to share the love. Again, I welcome China and Iran listeners and am grateful to all of you for keeping Jazz Ready going, even in the darkest times. And remember, together, let's be Jazz Ready, ready for the be here now. So as Brian Sonia Wallace says, we can unleash the epic poem inside all of us waiting to get out. I'll feel you again soon. <laughs>